Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. What is the one way you can communicate at an insanely deep and powerful way without using words? Great, body language. Now, what about if we take that away? How do we communicate with other people? So you can see where we're going, kind of a a deconstructive approach, a little bit like Derrida the philosopher. However, rather than deconstructing to understand the relationship between the text and the meaning, we're deconstructing to understand between social actions and their interpretation. From the Alpha Dude system, we actually have four broad categories and it covers everything that you could possibly think of. Attitude, aptitude, altitude, and amplitude. And these four A's are designed so that they can be remembered as an alliteration on the foundational concepts of being yourself, which is why it's got dude in the title, and by being the best version, the strongest, most powerful version of yourself. And that's alpha version. So the alpha, the A, the ood part of dude, and with the alliteration of the four A's, it's actually designed really scientifically because at any point in time, you're only able to focus on less than six to nine things at one point in time. And so if you've got these complicated books, these crazy systems, like I've seen before there's been courses that they call Confidence University or something. Now, I'm not here to rip anyone or disparage, but if you're going to spend several weeks or months learning hundreds and hundreds of techniques, have a guess of how many techniques you will walk away with at the end of the day. And that's right, six to nine. Other techniques might be in the deep repository and you might be able to recall it after a period of introspection, but that makes everything incredibly awkward. The power of this system is that it uses less than full capacity in order to cover all bases. And because the way the system was designed, you can add your own techniques, concepts, and experiences within the broader categories. So back to this episode, we're deconstructing what you can do to communicate at a deep, powerful level without falling back on body language, without focusing on the way that you speak or what you say. What else is there? Sure, there's clothes. That's absolutely important. There's the situation, the environment that you're in. There's the company that you keep. There are the people that helped you to get into this current environment. There's lots of little bits and pieces, but I'm not talking about any of that. Today, I'm going to be talking about eye contact because 
eye contact is something that is extremely powerful and it goes way beyond just having enough eye contact so that people can trust you or be confident in you. The eyes reveal so much. And if you ever really want to understand what somebody is saying, what they're all about, we all know instinctively, you don't have to be told this, to look at their eyes. If you've got a child, you know you can look in their eyes and it's a giveaway, it's a tell. So the eyes are really powerful in interpretation and in projection, but you have to know how to use it and how to interpret it. Now, although there's a lot of books about interpreting body language and other signs, there may be books out there on interpreting eye language. And I know NLP has the eye accessing patterns. However, in my experience, it's all about experience. So rather than looking and cataloging different features, it's more about getting a baseline, kind of like in the lie detector episode, getting the baseline of where the person is. And from that standpoint, then you can look at what changes and then understand exactly what the person is communicating. When we communicate, if there is incongruence, then integrity is lost. And this is given away through their body language, through their voice, through their tonality in their voice, through their eyes. And so it's just a thing about understanding it. So my best tip for interpretation would be, one, learn about eye contact, which we'll do today. And number two is just practice it and see how you go with it. And finally, make sure that if you haven't got it, check out the book Personal Upgrade from the Amazon store because it does have a section on eye contact, which covers things that I just can't put in the podcast because I've got a chart there and I've got other pieces of information which are just conveyed much better through the book. So if you want to level up your learnings after this episode, by all means, check out the book. It's free on Unlimited, I think only for a limited time. I'm planning to take it off soon. And it's also less than five bucks, I think, if you get it from Amazon outright. Also, if you do get the book, drop me a review. Now, eye contact is powerful at communicating. It demonstrates that you have respect and understanding for the other person. It's a way of bonding, and this is found out through understanding the mirror neurons in the brain and realizing that it's incredibly sensitive to facial expressions and, most importantly, to eye contact. This is nowhere found more as a prime example than between a mother and a baby. This sort of bonding is next level. Eye contact reveals what someone is feeling, what their thoughts are. And that's what I was saying before. If you get a baseline, you can really start to understand what's going on. And finally, because not everybody does it, it communicates confidence. This means that it's just an easy way to really increase your arsenal. So if you're going about life, you've done your affirmations, you've done your positive thinking, maybe you've even worked on your body language and speech, suddenly realize there's always little holes that we can plug up. 
and eye contact might just be that thing. So how do we go about it? Because the thing is, if it was that easy, we'd be doing it by now, right? The answer lies in why we have eye contact in the first place. Remember, I was going through the list of it conveying respect and confidence and thoughts and feelings, bonding and other things. Well, the fact is, if somebody is not at their most resourceful state, so they don't have to have clinical anxiety or depression, but if you're just not confident, if you're shy, then your eyes are going to give it away. So by understanding this relationship, we can start to realize that, wow, I'm actually not feeling that confident at the moment. So if I look at somebody, they will probably be able to read me. So what am I going to do with that? The solution is definitely not just try to increase your eye contact because often it will be the window to the soul. People will look through it, say, hey, this person's not confident. And then you'll feel a little bit awkward about it because of the micro expressions, maybe the judgment that comes with it. And you've just reinforced a negative behavior. So that's why it's so important that we go about this systematically. We have to change other aspects of ourselves before we can really move this forward. And that's why you have to go through the four A's to have a systematic approach. But once you've gone through that, increasing eye contact is important. They say that you should increase maybe 10 or 25% from what you're normally having at the moment if you feel that you don't have enough eye contact at the moment. So that looks different for everybody. However, the proportion of eye contact when listening to talking is also something that is a little bit debated. Generally, it's accepted that when people are talking, as in when you are talking, then you should maintain eye contact for about 50% of the time. That means that you can look off to the side while you're talking to formulate your ideas. Perhaps you're looking at other people and you can switch to other people. Whatever it is, 50% of the time is when you look at people. And when people are talking to you, you should look at them for at least 70% of the time. Because if you're doing much more than that, then it's kind of weird, it's kind of forced, it's stalker-like, it's awkward, and you don't want to get into that place. But if it's less and you're talking, people are like, well, why should I listen if he's not even going to give me the eye contact? Or why should I waste my time talking to this person when they don't even look interested if they're talking and you're not even looking at them? However, new studies reveal that if you really want to level this up as far as social dynamics, then you can look at axiology, which is the study of the nature of value and valuation. In a sense, you could translate this to a hierarchy, to social status. Now, those people who are in a higher social status generally have been found that they speak with more eye contact. And when they're listening, they have less eye contact. Now, these two attributes show power. However, if it's not done in the right way or in the right context, 
then you just look like someone who's an idiot, someone who just doesn't care. Don't be this person. By just understanding this dynamic means that if you are in a relationship with somebody as their superior, or maybe you're on equal terms, but you just want to be taken a little bit more seriously, then you can take this on board and just make it so that when you do talk without that stalker-like approach, you just add that eye contact a little bit more. And when they talk, by all means, show that you're listening, but just maybe drop off the eye contact a little bit. Now, this takes a lot of work, so I really implore you, don't go into your place of business and start playing around with this unless if you're prepared for the potentially negative consequence. What I'm trying to say is I'm not going to take responsibility if something bad happens from this. But if you take responsibility and do this on a subtle, genuine level, eventually you'll find where the sweet spot is and this will power up everything in your life. As I mentioned before, we have these mirror neurons in the brain. And when we have our eyes locked with somebody else, the loop begins. They see us, we see them, and there is a transmission of communication. Now, if you go into the interaction and you're staring or if you've got some sort of weird vibe, the person will pick up on it. If somebody goes into a situation and they're manipulative, then the same thing. People often can tell that. That's why the manipulative salesperson is seldom successful. Most people can see through it. However, like the song Sweet Dreams from the Eurythmics, they say some of them want to use you, some of them want to get used by you. And it's true. Sometimes we have this internal programming that sets us up for failure. Some of us feel like we should fail. Some of us feel like we should succeed. And that's why it's important that you take that systems approach before you address any of these little tweaks because honestly I've seen people they go they read a lot of books they go to a seminar and then they start talking with confidence or their body language changes and they have this different eye contact they have all these little fixes here and there but all it is is just like a an megaphone and it amplifies what's on the inside and if they're still insecure then people just get that blasted at them. And that's why you have those fakes out there. So it's important to take care of things at a fundamental level first. So this comes down to motives. If you can make it so that you don't really have a motive with most people, you don't want something, you just want to give. You want to give out warmth and love. If you just have this approach where you're warm, you're not staring, perhaps having an attitude, what can I give this other person? It will be communicated through your eyes. And if you're speaking in a crowd, in small crowds, make sure that you look at every single person there. That will help immensely, particularly for those who don't have that strong sense of self-esteem. Realizing that you're looking at them puts you up a hundred times in their estimation. And everyone else will just be an expectation that you look at them. However, if you're talking to large crowds, 
you won't be able to look at everybody. So you just look at a few people in every direction, trying to encompass all different groups throughout the speech. Probably the biggest thing in terms of speaking to crowds is just make sure that you know your stuff at an internal level. And again, I hope you can see it all comes back down to that motivation stuff. If you've got a strong message, you know it, you're communicating it, then delivery is simply self-expression. If you've got a message and you're just reading it for the first time, people are going to say, hey, this guy just doesn't really know what he's talking about. There are specific applications for eye contact that people can use in terms of their romantic lives, in terms of self-defense and fighting, in terms of different specific situations. Again, this is covered in the book and if I get enough interest, I'll unpack it a bit more on this podcast. But in the meantime, I just want to leave you with these final tips. If you are not making enough eye contact, just increase the quantity of eye contact. And remember the paradox that while you should be looking at others at least half the time when speaking and around 70% of the time when listening, by increasing the numbers just a little bit in terms of when you're speaking and decreasing it just a little bit when you're listening, it shows higher status. But you have to be pretty smart when utilizing this, otherwise you'll come off as a jerk. Speaking of being pretty smart, make sure that although this is something that can really change things at a quick rate of change and at a deep level of change, it's something that should be done only once you've sorted yourself out psychologically, internally, so you're consistent and you can speak with integrity from both the way that you communicate physically with body language, verbally through your mouth and through the way you communicate through your eye language. Be warm in your communications. Don't seek to have a motivation, except just to give warmth and love, thinking what you can give to the person. This changes things around. When speaking in groups, try and include everybody. And although easier said than done, make sure that you know your stuff so that delivery is that self-expression. One thing I didn't mention that I want to cover just briefly is that when you are communicating and you do want to break eye contact, if you look downwards, it kind of looks maybe a little bit weak. If you look upwards, it looks kind of weird. But if you look laterally to the sides as you break eye contact, it's really natural. In fact, it shows that you're considering what the other person is saying. So try this and habituate this. And this tip alone should actually help a lot. And just remember, the better your eye contact is, generally, the better your relationships will be. So I hope this helps. As I've said before, check out the book. It's got so much in it. And I will see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.